welcome to Seeker Insensitive. If you've uh, if you're listening to this, you already kind of know what it's about because I don't advertise. So <laughs> you found this somehow. Uh, today we have the very talented Tender Hell in with us, uh, who's going to talk about some of some of her songs. It's going to be great. Uh, and Bryce, you've just released three different like anthologies of your past work, right? That's correct. Yeah, I uh, have done that. One thing I noticed is that we missed the theme song. Oh, I do so, want to hear some Baby Tyler. Okay, so here's a peek behind the curtain. Uh, I drop the theme song in first. <laughs> like I drop it in second uh, separately. I can play it oh, for you if gosh. you like, though. I mean, that would be nice, but at the same time, uh, I'm like kind. I feel like I'm bungling the beginning of this podcast. So here's the deal. Uh, a, I don't think you are. And B, even if you do feel like you're fucking up on this podcast, this is the one to do it on. Like, I don't know, it ain't Song Exploder. <laughs> so. I mean, we're like seven episodes in to like the internet's number one song by song Chumbawamba podcast. So. Oh, it's true. Actually, I, I looked it up and there are two, there are two uh, song by song Chumbawamba podcasts, uh, but they're both going chronologically, which strikes me as very strange. I mean, so. they're they're in for a treat in the middle period when it gets a little more pop commercial. But yeah. I mean, on on either bookend, it's like nothing but anarcho punk music. Yeah, which, which again, cool. I, I realize that this this really is a Chumbawamba defending podcast. But I love that they go from like their early stuff is really more hardcore, and then their late stuff is like, uh, we're going to be real acoustic now. But also, it's still about cop shooting people. <laughs> exactly it's so good you know funny enough my this would have been back in like the mid-2000s but my dad actually saw Chumbawamba play at a at a folk fest here in town nice. and came back and was like it's all punk music yeah, yeah. again uh, people people do not give Chumbawamba enough credit so they certainly don't right okay uh you had asked earlier yeah. yes I had released a bunch <laughs> of music <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so there's like three different compilations of uh, music that I released during in my 20s. Uh, now that I'm 30 and less ashamed of that stuff and on like a better mental health tip, I can finally like release those tracks. Uh, so kind of I, I want to quickly draw attention to the fact that somehow you turned 30 and are less embarrassed of the stuff you made in your 20s. That's incredible to me. Hey, well, it's only due to like getting actual mental health treatment as opposed oh, to works. just like spending my 20s like wallowing in self-hatred. Oh, that's uh, fair. It is true. Yeah. Uh, I, the, the band I used to play with only released one tape and it's an all right tape. But every time I think upon it, I'm just like, this is a 15 minute track in which we're mostly just playing uh, someone pronouncing letters in a German accent. Why are we doing this? Um, I mean, but. that's the kind of stuff that, that we would book at. I, I used to uh, be the co-director of, of a media arts nonprofit. And, I'm, and everything that I've heard from you, Althea, just like you could have your own exhibition up oh, here yeah. in Canada. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I did go to media arts school, hey. Hey. Um, what what part of uh, or you're in Toronto? Heavens, no. no, I'm in Calgary. Okay. Why did I think Toronto? I don't know. Canada is all a mystery. No, it's because it's because I posted in Discord that I'm going to Toronto. That might a, be it. in a few months. Yeah. 
um, I don't know, my brain is all a mess, but uh, my department has some really strong ties uh, in Montreal. Um, ah. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I've visited, not necessarily Montreal, but I visited Quebec City and they have an entire media arts. Uh, so it's like a, a giant building that's owned by a coalition of media arts organizations. And yes. it's like the most incredible thing because you could go down and like do woodworking or like have exhibition space or do a bunch of media stuff like there's everything yeah it's it's so incredible to me that like not only is there a community but there's money floating around for such a thing in Canada it's true we have uh, the artist run center system so you can like go down and work in a place as an artist that like just helps embolden other artists see that's so sick uh, all of our like maker spaces, at least where I am, and I, I assume that this is uh, a common problem, um, <laughs> is that they all have that like broy startup vibe to them. Big um, time. Uh, not it. not to not to throw anyone under the bus here, but I definitely have found uh, that to be the case, not just here in Calgary, but uh, elsewhere as well. <laughs> yeah, anyone that self identifies as a hacker, I'm just like, please no. Get out of my life. Except for Grimes. Well, eh, I do like Grimes's. Uh, I do like a couple of Grimes's albums, but I also feel like Grimes, the human being, and Grimes, uh, the person who wrote Kill Ver- versus Vane, two different people. Yeah, so. I mean, two completely dichotomous angles. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so you know, I- I'm also of the opinion that like you can like stuff by shitty people so long as you acknowledge it. Um, like, yeah. uh, primarily because everyone is shitty, right? It's the degree to which. Like, Carrie Brownstein doesn't tip waiters. Um, I mean, is that a... That's a fact. I feel like that's they're... a real thing. Wow, okay. I never got around to reading it in book club. I got like 40 pages in and then... Oh, it's not in the book. It's just uh, my my mom used to work in... Or she used to live in Portland. And Carrie Brownstein came through her cafe and didn't tip. And uh, apparently this happened to several of her friends as well. So... Oh my gosh. Well, tipping culture in Canada is is pretty extreme. So if, if she came through and didn't tip... I feel like people would be hearing about it. Yeah, it's definitely something that like happens on Twitter once every like six months is someone doesn't get tipped by Carrie Bramstein and then it like spirals. But like, again, I I feel like people who do not tip are bad people regardless of service Um, (laughs) because those people are making under minimum wage. And also that job sucks. Um, I I do not disagree with both of those, both of those statements. Yeah, here I am on my high horse, like anyone is fighting me on it. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like there's an entire sect of like Reddit bros that would that are like anti-tipping, but I could be wrong. Uh, there's an entire sect of Reddit bros for all bad opinions. So true. Uh, anyway, <laughs> now that we're off that tip, to clarify, I do mean shitty people to a point. Um, but you're allowed to like things by shitty people to a point. Um, um, yeah, that is a good caveat because there are a few uh, instances where I've had to be like, for instance, get rid of records in my cabinet to be like, yeah. uh... like, uh, I'm not listening to Lost Prophets anymore. 
for very good reason. <laughs> I think that's a great that's call. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> These things are fine. So like, again, I, just a caveat, I do have a line. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, back to the, my guest and the things that you're doing. Do you want to like say actual things about yourself? I figure most of my audience is pretty familiar um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to introduce myself. So yeah. uh, my name is Bryce. I make music under the name Tender, uh, as well as Tender Hell for all of my uh, 155 pod covers. Um, when I am working, uh, I'm a marketing professional in a, in a library. So I'm a, a nerd, just as it was uh, established in last episode. <laughs> Um, I'm also an occasional music maker as well as a quote unquote media artist. I don't really, uh, love that term sometimes, but, uh, I worked in the media arts for a long time and I, I love everyone there. I just don't love my own work sometimes. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I'm also not huge on the, the media art label, mostly because I feel like it's too broad. Um, it's impossible to explain. Like a yeah. big part of my job was just trying to explain and rationalize media arts, media art to non-media art people and uh, easier said than done. Oh yeah, especially, um, so I work for the School of Arts, Media and Engineering at ASU, um, which is a media art and technology program. Uh, ASU also has an intermedia program and a mixed media program. You try uh, drawing the line between these three things. Oh, you're absolutely right. And my, yeah. I'm so out of touch with academics now that uh, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Yeah. Oh, we also have an interdisciplinary arts and performance uh, major as well. I mean, Why? that's that that's all three of your bases covered, whether mm -hmm. you are uh, a performance artist, media artist, visual artist. I feel like you, there's something in there for all of you. you know? Exactly. Um, you know, it's, it's fun stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm very excited to have you on today. Uh, this is uh, not at all a surprise to anyone, but you are one of my favorite contributors to the cover section um, for a very long time. I mean, mm. still are, the cover section just doesn't exist. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, if in I were uh, one of my casual listeners, uh, you should go check uh, those out. And actually, uh, on Bryce's uh, Bandcamp, which is uh, will be linked because it's tender, but it's spelled with numbers. Um, uh, she's actually collected a whole bunch of uh, really good ones. Uh, so you don't have to dig through all the comps like I normally request my listeners do. It's uh, true. I'm actually I'm actually helping to expedite the paw like the the. Uh, pod music like finding process i'm actually uploading every monday and wednesday pod covers to youtube it's oh, like cool. a literal half year project uh nice. but it needs to happen <laughs> yeah well it's it's also one of those things that so many very talented people came out with just like a dearth of things in a very short amount of time and as a result a lot of really cool stuff got lost um it's true. I've, I've had this conversation with a few folks now, but uh, I feel like 
just due to the consistency and the frequency with frequency frequency with which we were uploading music it's just like everyone has gotten so good in yeah. such a short period of time and I mean I've been waiting with bated breath like throughout the throughout the year so far just like waiting for people to drop cool projects because I, I I feel like I know people are sitting on sweet on sweet stuff yeah uh I know of a few people that are working on things uh but have yet to the jump from covers to real songs is scary <laughs> um because if if you have a cover you have something to work off of right so it's so. true I I mean I did uh I can't talk about it too much because it, it's kind of related to the the stars yeah. episode from last week but uh it's the fact that I've, I've been working on like a larger commercial project uh or I shouldn't say that I have been working it is long finished yeah. uh but that is with you like, have worked <laughs> I have worked I have worked yeah. in my life on music uh like past or beyond the pod and yeah. it's actually like in collaboration with a few other people in the niche which is okay. exciting uh not that's just like a teaser for later in the year yeah so spoilers. just like yeah spoilers uh yeah. spoilies uh so uh because you have just released uh three albums in the last three weeks and because i am a uh bad friend who does not listen to things the moment they come out um you've actually selected a few of your own tracks for us to go through today and i'm very excited about it oh so. thank you yeah. I'm just going to take the opportunity to crack one of my bevs. I'm on oh, a triple, triple bev day. Uh, yeah. got the last Limoncello uh, LaCroix out of the organic uh, supermarket that's like uh, across the street. So nice. Uh, been a long yeah. time. Uh, I'm living the two bev life myself right now. Got my water bottle and uh, one of my Aurora Boras. Oh my God. Congrats on winning a year's supply. That's Thank amazing. You. Yeah. Is it, um, is it one case a month or are they sending you even more? They gave me a $400 gift card, which is equivalent to 12 cases. So. Okay. I mean, that is. That so is I'm going to go through it in like six months, but you yeah, know. I know. All right. Yeah. And you said that was a local one to uh, Arizona there? No, it's out of California. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. It just seems like it should be local based on what its flavors are. Cause like, there's like a cactus rose and like a lemongrass, like these are all things that grow here. <laughs> um, but no, just a uh, regular old cool stuff. That said, they're pretty cool, cool folks um, who really, they should, they should just pay me. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel I like mean, all like, I ever do is- I feel like brand thing. ambassador is in your future somewhere yeah like they are hiring hustle, for just... non-here cities for that uh -huh. um, oh no okay so uh they run into a small problem um can you hear this i can okay cool um so also full disclosure i got a new computer like earlier this week um and as a result you are my first uh person that we are um, or that I'm recording for my podcast and also the first time I tried to screen share something with audio via zoom um, so I wasn't sure it was going to work yeah so, I it, it it appears to be working just fine Althea fantastic that is the, what I like to hear um, here's also the part where you're going to see me look at uh, to make sure I know which songs we're doing um, 
So do you have any particular order in which you would like to do these? I was just thinking chronologically. Yeah, I, I would say chronologically. Um, okay. I mean, yeah, I, I, you could get further into the weeds about which ones I actually wrote first, uh, and as opposed to how I've just sequenced the records. Um, but no, that's that's too much effort. <laughs> cool. Um, well, I was going to say your options are really, uh, we can go chronologically or reverse chronologically. Anything more uh, dedicated than that is not something I'm willing to, to fuck with right now. Fair um, enough. Yeah let's, yeah, let's just start in 2010 here. Yeah. So, uh, as always, we're going to listen to the first minute-ish uh, and then talk about it. And again, because I uh, am a slacker who has been listening solely to Kenny Hoopla's Dirty White Vans for the last three weeks, um, I, this is my first time hearing them too, so. Uh, oh gosh. Yeah. So I'm going to be real awkward. <laughs> uh, so we're starting with uh, the 10, 2010 to 2012 collection uh, with the song Year 20 slash Year 1. So pretty i love a picked gu- guitar <laughs> oh no now i can't hear you sorry i was just muted because i coughed during the uh the song there okay. um yeah no this is a time where i was really heavily inspired by like can like can con 2010s folk so a lot of like east coast joel plaskett west coast dan mangan uh folks in between i think about like the provincial archives uh i think also think about like blue rodeo even like a little bit of like drive-by truckers or something like that if we were going further south but it's also just like very it's deeply embarrassing to me sometimes hearing it back hearing it back there's also like very prominent cajon playing which i know gets <laughs> a lot of flack on the pod sometimes they and don't know they don't know <laughs> They don't know. And uh, also the Cajon, I've, I, I made a point to never say it uh, at the time, but when we were doing the uh, uh, I wish I were a punk rocker with flowers in my hair episode, uh, during one of the live videos, uh, they played the same Cajon that I had. <laughs> and I, I was just like, uh, no one can know. No one can know. No, I love it. I There are... And I think this sort of leads or stems from um, some uh, rock music snobbery. But uh, I don't know, folk instruments are fucking cool. 
That's like, true. And and I think you and I of folks in the nature may be like the most optimist of the bunch. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like having kind of a jaunty inter- instrumental with a little bit of folk instrumentation, like that's not, just because it's not punk doesn't mean it's like, you know, it's still cool, yeah. I like to think. Uh, so that song as well is like kind of mean-spirited, I'll say lyrically. Um, it's very subtle in the way that I do it, but my, I have a, I have a little sister who's about 20 years younger than me. Uh, and she's just like the light of my, the light of my life right now. I just think she's incredible, the, the, the kind of girl she's growing up to be. But at the time, uh, when my dad had kind of like told us that, that, uh, the woman he was seeing at the time was pregnant, I remember just being like mortified. And then this song kind of came out of it. Uh, but I kind of have to apologize to my dad because, uh, I was kind of a dick. Oh, you know, uh, you're also what, 20? (laughs) Yeah, I I was was young. 20, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I I will say that, uh, right around the same time, um, probably, probably more in like 2014, uh, 2015, but my, my dad was, uh, he and his new wife were talking about maybe having a child and I'm like, you know, that would make your kids... or that when that kid was 18 I would be in my 40s right (laughs) Um, yeah and and and, totally uh, I I had absolutely the same thoughts it's like when when she's of age uh oh my god like he's gonna be in his 70s like there's no possible way that that's that's gonna work it's gonna create too much burden on on other family members but I mean that's not gonna gonna be the case my dad is a, a a very very healthy person yeah. Also, he likes Rush, which is also a point of contention in the niche. Uh, my apologies to the uh, Canadians Against Rush uh, group <laughs> that I currently <laughs> am I, part of. I, I truly don't know where all of that stemmed from. Uh, I'm in the Rush is fine <laughs> camp myself. I mean, ambivalent but... toward, so it, I think the the, the group name did eventually change to Canadians Ambivalent Against Rush. Mm. So uh, just because I, I, I really didn't have any mean things to say, but they, it was uh, Stephen, who was the guest last week on the pod, as well as Dee, who will hopefully guest on the pod later on. Yeah, uh, yeah they, they, they're totally dragging me through the mud. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's, it's one of those things that, and I've, I've said this before, um, but I, I think some people really sort of, uh, I think people pretend to dislike things more than they do, like in general. I mean, I think <laughs> a lot of dis, yeah, dislike for things is just posturing. It's a lot of like, uh, there's a performativity to it. Yeah. Uh, and I think like punk subcultures are kind of notorious for that because a lot of it is based on gatekeeping. Mm-hmm. Um, not that we're trying to be gatekeepers here at least no uh all of my content is free so (laughs) um uh, except for the video feed that we have yeah that's definitely very real so (laughs) um uh let's see moving forward uh we're going to go to the next song uh miss the sun here we go Like my body can move without it 
called miss the sun but it's so summery <laughs> i mean i'm again i'm playing with uh with a little bit of like the mean lyrics versus yeah. the uh, kind of jaunty instrumental uh i mean this was a time where i was working nights at a tv station uh where you know you would have god like shifts scheduled like sometimes two three weeks at a time where you are on it on a night shift and so you in order to like maintain that you have to obviously sleep during the day and uh stay at try and stay up all night like midnight to 8 a.m uh have you ever had to work like an overnight shift because it's brutal. Uh, i i had a job working nights uh for six shifts and at those six shifts i cried four times so i was making sandwiches at jimmy john's it was fine <laughs> Okay, this is the Canadian enemy, but what's Jimmy John's? Uh, it's just a sandwich place. Uh, okay. the, the big, their big selling point is that they are very fast. Like you're supposed to have your sandwich before you have your change. So. Oh my God. I, so then if you're working in the middle of the night, like trying to speed through these sandwiches, that sounds awful. Yeah, especially if you're not very good at math, um, because if you're not very fast at making sandwiches, they put you on register. Um, which is fine. I've like, I had registered jobs before, but it just didn't work out great for me. Not, not my calling sandwich making. The way I so. see it, the slower you are taking people's change, uh, or at least giving back people's change, uh, that gives the set sandwich artist a little more uh, room to wiggle room. Oh, just so you know, it's officially sandwich rock stars at Jimmy John's. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so bad. <laughs> Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, they, they're also notable because their uh, owner, like, shot a bunch of big game animals and then posted it on the internet, like rhinos and shit. Oh, my God. That's yeah. a, yeah, that's not a good look either. Jeez. Another creepy thing about Jimmy John's, again, <laughs> this is, uh, may it never come to Canada, but, um, when you get a job there, they take a picture of you holding a sign with your name and how to pronounce it on it. Because Jimmy John himself, like, has a file. So that way, when he walks into any of his stores, he can call all of his employees by name. You know, I mean, as creepy as that is to have, like, an inventory of, of photos of names and faces, like, the thought behind it is kind of endearing. Yeah, the thought behind it is good, but it's also... A sandwich I mean, it's, joint. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a it's, a place it's known like, for its turnover. You know. Yeah, exactly. So it's like reams of three ring binders, just like filled with like Polaroids. Again, I lasted there three weeks. Um, I can't imagine that there's anyone like I've never known anyone to work like years at a Jimmy John's. Um, I've known a lot of people to work there because they're hiring all the time, um, but yeah. They also, uh, 
their delivery radius is real small so that way they can have their um their drivers on bikes uh which is not great in an arizona summer oh my um, gosh yeah i i keep forgetting that uh, not everywhere is like still has snow on the ground no um I refuse to do the Fahrenheit to Celsius calculation, but uh, it's supposed to be like 95 degrees today, um, which I don't know what that is in Celsius, something smaller sounding, but. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say that's a uh, tanning weather and or sunstroke weather for me. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it's, it's one of those things where um like, you know how most restaurants have like no outside food or beverages on their doors. Uh, most places in Arizona just say except water next to it uh, because uh, everyone carries their own water bottles because otherwise you, know, uh, you die. <laughs> that's true. That that makes perfect sense. I mean, in a in a state where I guess like most homes have like a like an in ground pool, uh, most homes have air conditioning. Again, not norms over here. Like yeah. you do not see pools. You do not even see air conditioning for the most part. And it does get quite warm in here over the summer. No, uh, Phoenix is a very strange place because uh, it is hot as sin. Uh, but you do spend most of your time running from uh, air-conditioned building to air-conditioned vehicle to air-conditioned building. So, which is not great and actually makes all of the heat worse because um, of heat island effects. But anyway, that's your uh, fun facts about Phoenix. Um, hey. Well, your fun fact in general, air conditioners actually make it hotter um so yeah it's it's like they it's like they produce heat or something whoa who would have thought <laughs> um so yeah i i really that one was nice it was nice and summery hey, uh, thank you. the next one uh and the last one from this one uh we're gonna go through is habits uh which is also a pretty good louis tomlinson song but i doubt this is that no. so Okay, I let that one go a little long because I liked it. Um, I mean, I, I like I've liked all of these so far. You're real thank talented. You. you make cool oh, cool shit. So thank you. I mean, this is the last of like the truly folk stuff. So uh, everything else from here on out is like way more electronically minded, and and it will be an interesting conversation because I think we both share that in common. Yeah. Uh, God, this you're doing one. the reverse chumbawamba. It's cool. Exactly. <laughs> oh. um, 
this song is another one where I was like really out of my mind and like kind of angry when I wrote it. But instead of being angry at anyone else, I was angry at myself. Uh, there was one other track on this comp, uh, Blood Relation, that I wrote at the same time. And I was basically out at uh, a cabin out in uh, British Columbia. And I, I like told myself I was going to be like uncensored. I told myself I was going to just like wail really loudly and like scream at the top of my lungs. And I got there and I just felt so uncomfortable the whole time. So no, it like, never works out that way. <laughs> no, it never does. So like this was the last day that I was there. I saw the, the day as a fit or the weekend as a failure. So I like wrote, ended up writing this song in like two seconds, free punk lyric style. Uh, sang and sang and recorded it and I mean content warning for the for the actual thing it, it was supposed to kind of be like a suicide note a little mm. bit um not very nice obviously uh so but again like one theme that I've been kind of harking back on for or harking back on over and over is the fact that I've like had mental health struggles but I am on like a way better path now so yeah. Uh, I, I tell you, um, working on your mental health, uh, worth its weight in, in gold, really. Um, I mean, if you're going to do anything this 2022, go see a therapist. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say that, like, um, the the day that, okay, like two days after I got put on antidepressants, I was like, oh, so this is how it all is. Not everything is crushing all the time. Just most yeah. of it. It's so, true. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, again, um, advocate for going and dealing with your shit. Uh, so um, moving on to the next comp here. So this is songs between 2013 and 2015. Do you have any context you'd like to give for these? Yeah. Uh, context being this is the first time that I was like, not necessarily working with other musicians, but like around other musicians on, on a, on a more constant basis. Uh, my buddies, uh, Evangelos and Dan, uh, were the ones that originally like mastered this record. Uh, but I've since gone back and same with the last one, I like kind of did the remastering myself. I said that it was for modern sensibilities. So it's nice and loud and kind of brick walled with, uh, compression there, but uh, yeah, this is a time where I get way more electronic, so it'll be something of a, uh, of a, of a, like a whoa moment, hopefully, <laughs> where it's just a lot different than the last ones that we listened to. Uh, side note, Evangelos is a really cool name. So oh, Yeah, I mean, I shout out Evangelos. He's uh, unfortunately going through some stuff right now. He got COVID as well as a concussion. Uh, so if he ever hears this, sending love his way. Yeah uh bless up for that guy um concussions are are nothing to fuck with so um anyway uh our next song is stranger one. Oh, i love this so far yeah a little bit of kalimba action yeah i love a twinkle oh truly
I liked that one. That one almost had like a clipping type beat to it. Ooh, um, that's a good touchstone. I'm, I, I like that. Uh, yeah. Shout out clipping. <laughs> Honestly. Um, yeah. Um, anything yeah. you'd like to... Yeah, certainly. So yeah, the instrument you heard at the beginning was a uh, kalimba, just like a little handheld one that I played. Um, there's a bunch of like slowed down field recordings. Uh, I think most of like the noise you hear in that is me sliding a can across the desk, like a like that. Um, there are also lyrics on the back end of the track. Uh, and it's like, I wrote it in my notes here. I just wrote boys, 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 boys. Because uh, there was a time in my life where I was like, first starting to realize that it's like, oh, wow, guys are like, really cool. <laughs> uh, except for the fact that I wrote it after like, literally running out of like a guy's apartment, like mid act. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, you know, these way TMI. Happen. But <laughs> I uh, love it. No, it, I, I will say that the that the like basic hand instrument and slowed down recordings of uh, stuff on your desk is very like baby's first media art project, but I yeah. love it. I mean, that's that's how it gets made. And that yeah. was honestly like a, my introduction to media arts was in uh, university. I took a media arts class, basically, and that was what essentially birthed this project. Uh, the ones that the songs that you're hearing now. Uh, back in the day, I released them as uh, under the artist name Orthicon, which is like a ridiculously metal sounding band name, uh, yeah. but is actually, it's a, an old television camera module. So huh. like back, at, back in like the 50s and 60s, when you know how they have like those rotating camera modules? Yeah, yeah. Something like that, where you can uh, quickly change the focal point uh of the camera so if you're doing like a like an interview talk show you had like one lens that could do a close-up and another lens that could do a wide shot and you know everything in between uh fun facts for I, the day i love it i love when you come across like artist names and as it turns out it's like some fucking obscure ass piece of uh knowledge like yeah, I'm into that. I, I feel like you end up seeing it a lot in experimental is like someone discovers uh, like uh, the way mechanical televisions used to work or something. Um, and suddenly you have a concept album. It's one of my faves. Big time. Uh, uh, so our next song we have here is Flu. I'll clarify that it is not flu like a like a sickness flu, but in fact, like the what would you call it? Uh, like in a fireplace. Okay. What like on the chimney or whatever? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. I don't know if we'll get to the lyrics by the time where the, uh, the preview's done, but I do play with that like smoke coming down from a from a closed flu imagery so it's like imagining the smoke billowing into the room kind of like at your feet a little bit oh no not feet because it would rise so yeah at your face smoke, but yeah
that one go on too because your guitar was very pretty so hey thank you yeah uh I remember I was called out when I wrote that as writing like a, a really like Radiohead-esque uh guitar phrase which I'm like now in hindsight not so thrilled about but uh I mean that was this was a time where I was listening to a lot of like like IDM uh as well as like singer songwriter music and just like trying to force those things to come together uh, yeah I, I was gonna say I I didn't super get Radiohead out of it but it might just be because I don't super care for Radiohead like I don't turn it off if it's on but like I don't go out of my way I, I mean um, nothing but the hits for me yeah I will say that I I once did see um a local band Captain Squeegee and the Soap Suds they're like a, a ska ensemble play with the Mesa Community College jazz band uh that they did uh all of uh Kid A and it was real good Kid um, A is ska music sounds like a great time and also what, it was King it was Squeegee and it the was like Squeegee a boys or whatever is a great Captain Queen uh yeah uh Captain Squeegee and the Soap Suds so um, good yeah, in, in high school, I actually had a dress made out of a shower curtain that I would wear to their shows. Um, but yeah, I don't know. fun things about me. I mean, um, it sounds like Brand Ambassador has been in your uh, wheelhouse from, from the jump. Honestly, I've always, I don't half-ass liking things. <laughs> um, I, I'm either in or I'm not. So, uh, you know, fun stuff. But no, uh, I... Out of that guitar, though, it was really sounding like very Spanish guitar vibes to me. Mm. Um, I like, yeah. There's I, something I like specific that. that isn't jumping into my brain right now, but I can feel. I, but, I prefer that over the Radiohead comparison. So yeah. uh, t- obviously time has, has been good for me. Yeah. Oh, actually, that's something my mom said. So my mom listened to a bunch of these tracks and she was like, Bryce, you know, some of these songs have legs. Like, yeah. you could, like, they're not bad. And I'm like, why? Uh, I mean, thank you, Mom. That was great. Yeah. I loved it. Thank you. It's like uh, when when my grandmother was alive, she always called my stuff interesting, um, which sometimes she meant in a positive way and sometimes she didn't. And I was never quite sure when. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know uh but yeah that okay all of your stuff is really pretty so I'm gonna end up saying it a bunch of times hey. uh, thank you pretty. I mean I've I've tried to make pretty music from the jump so yeah uh you'll you'll get more of that as we go on which I I really appreciate because I feel like uh, a lot of people I feel like a lot of uh sound artisty sorts of musicians really go for they divert into music that makes you uncomfortable rather than listenable which like it's a totally valid choice and I have been guilty of doing myself but it's it's so nice to not have that (laughs) yeah I mean it's I think experimentation and like brooding brooding droning music is a lot of fun uh but at the same time I think it's a really interesting challenge to be like Oh, so I'm going to make something that I think if people would hear it, they'd go, ooh. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things that, and I've said this for years, um, drone is really fun to play and terrible to like 
have played at you. <laughs> so oh. uh. I'm I'm reminded of uh I mean it was kind of a, a drone piece, but uh last weekend I was in me- at a media arts opening and somebody played uh, a slab of concrete with a, uh, a a jar of water suspended to it and then dragged that concrete slab of concrete around a parking lot uh, and created these incredible droning sounds uh, through a guitar amp. Yeah. Uh, only problem was is that the entire apparatus broke within about 45 seconds. So while it was on, while it was going, it was one of the best pieces I had ever heard in recent memory, but now it's gone and forever or yeah. forever gone. Oh no, I had this uh, piece for a while uh, that we called fluid dynamics because it was an instrument based on water. Hey, hey. Uh, puns. Um, but in our first iteration of it, we were using a camera and frame differencing in order to generate sound. Um, like it was looking at this at this tub of water that we were controlling um, iron filaments via magnets. Uh, in our first public performance of it, someone figured out the trick like immediately and started shining their phone at it. <laughs> and it was, and uh, so it was real cool for like twenty seconds. <laughs> um, yeah, jackasses. Um, I don't know, it's, we we've done cooler things with it since. Um, anyway, uh, next track here, uh, unfulfilled. big theme uh, or a big like coincidence in these records is that I have all these really long intros before the uh, before the lyrics actually come in uh, so we'll just listen to another intro here but I love it you this do is good maybe intros. one of my favorite songs off the call said this before too but i feel like you have the like nicest voice like Ern has the best like speaking voice i could listen to them read anything but anytime i hear you saying like it it feels good hey thank you and and i agree Ern's voice is one of my favorites i think like anytime they do a spoken word piece i just like it makes my skin like or it makes the hair on my skin absolutely just stand up i love it yeah uh, and yeah, like when I when I was a kid, I was in in singing lessons for only a handful of months, and I I ended up quitting because they wouldn't let me sing Backstreet Boys, uh, and it was beautiful. just a bunch of like Disney music, and I was like, this shit's lame. <laughs> and just like give me boy bands, uh, and I mean, I think that's really stuck. I sing like a choir boy. Uh, and even in a time, even when I was like a teenager and I was like really trying to de- depress my voice and like make myself sound more manly and masculine, yeah. like I, anytime I open my mouth to sing, it just comes out like a, like a schoolboy, And, and that's, 
Honestly, I just have to kind of stick with it. Yeah. Here for it and jealous. Um, I, I've said this before, but I always feel like my, my voice is too high pitched. Um, oh. Like, like in my own uh, brain image of self, I have a much lower voice and I don't <laughs> um, like, it's fine. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Basically, I mean, I'm I'm a big advocate of uh, hormones that can can solve that problem. Yeah. Uh, though not for everybody, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Caveat being. I was gonna say uh, that comes with some other uh, changes that are not of my uh, interest. Oh, so. I've had to I've had to remind people throughout transition where it's like you really can't uh, pick and choose what effects you want. You have to be cool yeah. with all of it. Uh, because you might not react <laughs> or you might react yeah. in a different way yeah well and, and that's one of the things is like so for a while because again I had this like vague mismatch between what my brain thinks of me and the reality of myself I was looking at it and and they were like well your options are uh, a bunch of uh, voice lessons for the next like five years or testosterone and I'm like or just be okay that I have a high-pitched voice yeah I mean that's a that's dialectics for you it's like Uh-oh. you can you can have a high-pitched voice and that can be the reality of the situation yeah but when but when others hear your voice they think you have a great voice yeah like it, it only sounds that way to me um yeah. and honestly I think a lot of that was also um based heavily in sexism uh because I feel like uh, people assume I don't know what I'm talking about uh, and I do like 80% of the time so uh, but I'm also a five foot two blonde girl so uh, um, I mean I hate to, I hate to see you not being taken seriously I appreciate it uh, again normally this this ends pretty quickly but it's the whole first impression thing um, anyway not to make this about my own personal issues <laughs> um no, I'm, I'm honestly happy to get into the weeds here. It's yeah. not so bad. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's also one of those things that, like, I also have a really hard time uh, complaining about stuff because I feel like my problems aren't... Like, I know my problems are problems, but they're not, like, real problems. I have a lot of fake problems. So. No, 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 no. <laughs> I... I yeah, every everything that you're feeling is is valid and... like an okay thought to have but again it's just the dialectics of the situation it's like separating the way you feel from the reality of the situation and just like understanding that both can feel true in the moment oh yeah again i'm unloading therapy shit at you and it's hey that's that's what it's all about it's good Um, honestly uh i feel like so i i i am not actively in therapy because i uh really just see somebody through work once every couple months um because i don't know i'm more or less well adjusted um but if you have enough friends in therapy then you get enough second hand that like you could start working on some stuff it's, it's fine. true it's true i mean people in therapy love to share their learnings in therapy at least okay. if they're at least if it's been successful oh yeah well and i feel like that kind of comes across in any like long-term uh long-term like being better about stuff because like so I was in vision therapy for a year and a half where basically they just teach you how to look at stuff better and I feel like I was dropping tips on people all the time that they did not need um like uh 
uh, so I don't um, I don't converge well so I see double mm-hmm. of things a lot and so like I was giving people tips on like focusing and like eye strain and it's like everyone knows that they shouldn't be staring at their computer 48 hours a day Althea it's fine <laughs> so. now okay I hate to be like making poking like making a joke and looking at the bright side but does not have does having converging problems make those magic eye posters any easier to spot no they are so much harder oh shit okay yeah um because the the problem when you can't converge is that or when you don't converge well is that both eyes are still focusing real hard just on different things um so and also one eye drifts so like that's not great um no uh the so in vision therapy they actually like you do magic eye things as well as the um ah fuck what are they called um stereoscope things oh yeah yeah so like you have to do a lot of those and i remember the day that i saw the cow in the magic eye poster was like a very successful day for me. I mean, isn't so. it mind blowing when you finally can see it? I didn't see it until my twenties, yeah. uh, but like when it once I finally did, I was like, "Oh my god, it's an actual image of something else." It's crazy. Yeah. Again, it's one of those things that like it's hard to describe how uh, it's hard to describe how different things feel when uh you are catching up to average (laughs) so like when it is very exciting to you that like the red blue glasses work (laughs) um and everyone else is like yeah since the 60s people (laughs) Um, take this stuff for granted (laughs) yeah uh anyway this is this is definitely a like let's all learn about Althea's uh medical history uh, podcast today but that's fine okay. <laughs> um, so uh we're gonna move on to the next collection uh which is your 2016-2017 uh do you have thoughts that you'd like to share before we jump in sure so this this comp is a little bit different from the others in the sense that it's not a remaster of uh existing like session tracks this music was all lost um, but I recovered it because when I performed live at the time, I basically ran all of my backing tracks off of uh, a VHS tape. Uh, and I would like, I had like a custom light show that was on the VHS tape and I'd have like a short throw projector at the front of the stage and I'd bathe myself in light and I had like analog video synthesizers and I'd fuck with the stuff like while I was playing it. Um, so that said, it doesn't sound, it sounds a little bit different and, uh, than the other stuff. And I also had to re-record all the vocals and they're not my favorite vocal performances, but they're done and they're out and that's what's important. Yeah, they are out in the world and no, and thus no longer uh, weighing upon you. So Exactly. Um, uh, as my uh, middle school gym coach used to say, uh, done is better than not. So do a shitty job rather than uh than a great one if it means it gets done so anyway uh we're gonna start with image orthicon obligatory vcr sounds well that's how you know 
That's true. That's the only way to know that it's legit. Take a signifier with the signifier. Paint a picture of my mind. Gonna take the ego to make a portrait of a time. Please tell me what you find. Okay, a couple of thoughts. Yeah. Uh, first one, I really love that like low bomb feeling uh, bass you have on there, which I 100% would miss if I wasn't in headphones. <laughs> um, so like, love it. Um, and then how are you processing your vocals there? Uh, so vocal processing is almost always the like there's I'm always doing shades of the same thing so uh this was all done in Melodyne okay um so what I'll do is I will I'll record my vocals dry as is uh then run them through Melodyne and when I'm in there what I'm doing is I'm correcting all of the pitch uh so using their automatic pitch correction tools to do that and then going in and fine fine tooth combing it um, and then they have a tool within Melodyne that's a, a pitch modulation. Uh, so what it is, is if you decrease the pitch modulation, then instead of having like a, uh, if you picture like a sine wave, uh, how it has peaks and valleys, it basically squashes those peaks and valleys to just a straight line. Uh, and that's how you get like a really cool auto-tune effect. Yeah. And I assume that like Antares auto-tune is built on like a similar uh, principle. principle but again I don't I don't or I don't use it so yeah. uh, Melodyne um, when I was performing them live like back in the day I had a, a vocal pedal uh, and I could do auto-tune on it it wasn't perfect obviously but I could do it uh, and then during the la the stuff of the last comp and then on this one I actually like lowered the the pitch of my voice the the formant uh, so I would always sound like I was talking like this <laughs> or I was singing like this Take the like that kind of stuff and uh it was like supposed to be a critique on gender and masculinity and whatnot but uh if anything it just made it harder to hear <laughs> well you know uh yeah. sex of one um, exactly. but no I I like that uh, especially on on that track um you have one of those like uh like virtual assistant sort of voices on it like where you recognize it as a human voice but also there's something not quite there about it yeah um, it's it's a little bit uncanny good. valley of yeah. like is this affected or is it not affected yeah. uh and I mean it's fun to kind of blur that and I think most pop records are doing exactly that all the time like they're trying to hide as much of the auto-tune as possible yeah uh, but cowards move exactly it's all there you gotta embrace it uh. also I just think it's funny to call pop musicians cowards um <laughs> 
the next How dare you put yourself out there? I know. Uh, it's like I always think about like how terrible it would be to be uh, famous on the level of like One Direction. Like, uh, why would anyone want that? I that think life terrible. would be really difficult yeah. then. Uh, money is good though. No, money is great. But like, I don't know, I feel like I couldn't walk over to the Kroger in uh, like my gym shorts anymore, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, we can't have the paparazzi uh, snapping pics when I'm not in like a full tux and yeah. or dress or something like that. Yeah, I, I mean, they're going to see that I definitely just bought, uh, you know, nine Cadbury eggs that I'm just going to go ham on. <laughs> so like, that's not that's not something. Uh Anyway, moving back to this, uh, all I do is think about pop music. Uh, mm-hmm. The next song that we are going to do is Limitless Potential, um, which, oh, that's, that's sort of a nice, a nice parallel to, to The Unfulfilled. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. at least in terms of titling. True. Uh. In the words I can't deliver to an audience disconnected Find me a path to the deep end I'm shallow like a shiver No longer an observer When I'm breaking Turn to me, set my mind at ease. Will they believe? Oh, I like how smooth that one is. Thank you. I mean, I can't take all of the credit because there is a severely sure un- no, no. There's a severely <laughs> uncredited Steve Reich sample. Uh, in there, uh, meaning that I probably can't put this record onto Spotify or iTunes, uh, especially now that I've said it. So yeah, uh, I'll edit that part out. <laughs> no, Steve please Reich don't. doesn't need any more. Uh... <laughs> he doesn't need any more money. No, he doesn't. Uh-oh. I mean, look, think about the optics of stealing money from a trans person. Yeah, I'm I mean, completely facetious, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> Hey, you know, if you have, uh, you wouldn't believe how often I throw around the visually impaired card anytime uh, someone doesn't want to give me a ride somewhere. So, <laughs> um, uh, which doesn't happen often, but you know, <laughs> I mean, you you got to do what you got to do. If, yeah. uh, if you can't if you can't drive yourself, so yeah, it's hot and I don't have a driver's license. So um, I taught my partner how to drive during the pandemic. And I mean, like, uh, it, it has like pretty much saved our relationship. It's, it's, life is a lot easier now that uh, we have two drivers in the family here. Yeah. Um, after, again, that year I was in vision therapy, I did get cleared to learn how to drive uh, by my optometrist. Uh, but nobody wants to teach me because... The one lesson I did get, I managed to like crunch up the front of my grandparents' car. Um, 
And so everyone is like, sure, I'll teach you how to drive on someone else's vehicle. Uh, but no one wants to be the someone else's vehicle. So I mean, here I am. If, if I lived in Arizona, I would 100% uh, teach you how to drive because I feel like I'm a good teacher. <laughs> I mean, I should just, you know, throw down the 100 bucks or whatever to go to like the grown up driving schools. Um, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, our last song that we're going to be hitting uh, today is uh, Untitled. So it's a mystery. Um, jokes. I've made effective your notion of a queer life. Clear in the image of a circulating breeze. I need to act on a presentation free. Suppressant wax skin. I love your vocal forward tracks. Oh, thank so you. Pretty. I mean, the, the 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 longer I go making music, the more I need realize I need to be singing like all the time. So yeah, uh, gotta keep uh, on that path. Honestly, super talented. Uh, I don't know if you just this is this is the part of my podcast in which I'm terrible because like it's it's good I just want to gush but also I'm not amazing with words so I think this is exactly the problem that we were running into on the pod though where it's like the vocabulary used to like tell people that they're doing a good job and reaffirm that like their music is is worthwhile uh it's just pretty limited like there's only so many times you can say sweet yeah or like which, um, like, honestly, is a, is a tragedy because I feel like I have a, a ton of ways to uh, be mean to others, and not like a lot to tell them that they're doing great. Which I, I think mean, is one of the reasons that BW thinks I slander him on this podcast um, because all my compliments for him sound like they're not. <laughs> I mean, I I don't necessarily hear lounge music out of beer, out of BW's music, but I do sometimes. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. That's that's okay. What you hear is is yeah. uniquely yours. Yeah. Uh, and he should just take the fact that uh, being mentioned on a, on any podcast is yeah. a, should be an honor. Yeah. Uh, or worn with a badge of honor. But honestly, I love BW's music. Uh, so one cool. of the most consistently like mind blowing uh, person in terms of like their uh, electronic music practice, media arts practice. Uh, Actually, I'm gonna, my partner and I are going to, uh, we'll say an undisclosed city uh, to go visit uh, just for ourselves, but it happens yeah. to be that BW lives there. So oh, cool. uh, I think we're gonna meet up in the summer. Oh, that's real cool. Yes. I, I keep trying to meet up with people when they come through town and then like some, uh, some like vehicular tragedy strikes. Cause like I was supposed to meet Unentitled because his brother was graduating from ASU. 
Mm-hmm. But like their car broke down in New Mexico. And so they ran out of time to like, oh my God, make did they not back. make it to graduation? They made it to graduation, but like he didn't have time to come see me or for us to hang, which is like yeah. fine. Or like uh, I was supposed to meet Maude from uh, because mm-hmm. Arcadia Gray was on tour uh, and they had a van situation in California. Uh, so they missed uh, us and their Texas dates. Um, oh. so like it, think, it's it's just a vortex of uh tragedy <laughs> yeah I mean not to like rank uh niche members or anything like that but I think Maude is the person that I want to meet most perhaps Maude is cool as hell I believe it yeah. I, I truly do yeah um I mean I've only talked to Maude like like we're talking now when yeah. she was on my pod. Um, of course. But great first guest. Just a cool kid all around. You really you really couldn't have done any better. I feel like you're, for being seven episodes in, you've created some like pretty compelling content here. Oh, it I helps. appreciate that. Thank you. I mean, it helps that we're all part of the same niche here and yeah. that like the vast majority of listeners are like already deeply entrenched in yeah. this scene. Uh, but like, I love it as a companion piece to the original pod. Yeah. Especially well, since I don't love Fall Out Boy, sorry. Oh, no, it's one of those things that, again, I don't like things in half measures. Um, True. So when I was into Fall Out Boy, I was into Fall Out Boy, you know? So, um, which is, uh, you know, great and terrible. But no, part of the the idea of this podcast was uh, I used to watch the Chris Gethard show on, uh, it was on a New York public access station. Uh, and it had a companion podcast called Talking TCGS, which was, uh, you know, just like any of those, like, uh, recap shows, whatever. But more importantly, it had, that had a podcast called Talking Talking TCGS. Which was one of my favorite things on the planet. <laughs> um, which that also spawned a single episode of another podcast that was just called Talkin', which wasn't as good. But Talkin' Talkin' TCGS was one of my favorite things. And so uh, when the cover section ended, I was like, now is the time. <laughs> hey, I think you picked a great time. So. I know that I... Actually, here's a question for you. Is the plan to still expand this into doing cover, weekly covers or is that going to be too much? Uh, unclear. Fair. Because part of it is that I'm trying not to make an incredible amount of work for myself, but also I have a hard time not doing things in half measures. And also I want to keep covering the things that my friends make. Um, yeah. So there's, I would love to keep doing a monthly-ish comp. Um which uh, there's a My Chemical Romance one coming out next week, mm-hmm. um, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, and then, like, I there's know... a couple more in the in the in the burner. Yeah, yeah. Um, like we're we're all working on stuff behind yeah. the scenes here. Yeah. Um, or like, I know that Erin wants to continue the Nation on Nation series as well. Oh, yeah, I guess it's be been those. a while. Yeah. Not since the mod uh, one, I believe. No, we did a baby Tyler one. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. I Which that got written up in some like Wisconsin paper. or some I Madison paper. It's amazing. <laughs> like, talk about a slow news day, though. Like, yeah, I mean, like I it's started... a good comp, but it's also uh, a comp of covers of a uh, 
I don't know. I guess hey, he's big in Madison. I mean, we also got retweeted by by the lead singer of Stars and Stars themselves. That's true. For our comp. So like we're yeah. we're really moving on up in the world here. There's a lot of like clout uh that yeah. people can chase if they want. Exactly. Um I think we're going to do a traditional uh pod style, all everyone just doing dirty white vans next. Yes. Because um, Kenny that song is so rules, good. And that song is so good. Um, like, why is anyone else bothering putting something out this year? Obviously, <laughs> we have it. Because um, uh, that's it. If you get a chance to see Kenny Hoopla, you should do it. Do put on yeah. a good show. I, I hope he tours through Canada one of these days. That would yeah. be. Uh, I know that there's a couple amazing. Canadian dates on this tour, but I couldn't tell you when or where or how. Uh, I mean, I can tell you exactly where they're going to be. And that's going to be either Toronto, Montreal, or Toronto, Vancouver. Uh, Probably. Yeah, no one comes out to the prairies. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I imagine. Uh, well, it's also one of those things that, again, I have no knowledge of Toronto or of Canadian geography. Yeah. Um, but when I was doing, uh, <laughs> at my job, when I was having a, a large sense of doom, I was doing the Google thing of uh, where could I fly on what I happen to have in my bank account right now. Um, And I didn't realize that like most of the Canadian cities that a body would want to go to are on the East coast. Um, And those are far. They are very far. I mean, uh, there are relatively cheap flights from Phoenix to Calgary because they are technically sister cities. Yeah. Uh, and it's quite common for folks to spend their summers out here and then to uh, snowbird, be snowbirds down in, uh, in uh, Phoenix there. Oh, yeah. So One, one of the, uh, we have a lot of uh, Canadians who live in uh, the, the Phoenix area. And so uh, you can find like, there's actually like a few good poutine places around who'd have thought um so uh because creature comforts um true i mean you gotta you gotta yeah the delicacies from home let's just say that yeah it's like uh hockey also goes through big spurts of being big down here of course you got Um, the arizona uh coyotes yeah i mean we did have wayne gretzky for a while so um wait really uh, oh, he, he was, was the coach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember that. Yeah. And so we we go through phases of like hockey being culturally important, uh, which is very funny in a town without ice. Um, <laughs> so and and the need for many, many, many heat producing air conditioners to try and keep the oh, yeah. arena cool enough. Which uh, I've also of... heard that like Florida and Arizona are very difficult places to play hockey in because they physically like cannot keep the ice frozen enough or frozen for long enough yeah I've um, heard nasty things well it's also one of those things too that like around here hockey is one of those like upper crust sports because you have to because you can't play if you're playing street hockey it's roller hockey um fair yeah because we don't just have ice places so you have to like pay to go to one of the rinks and the rinks aren't all over town you know so no i mean like we have a huge perk like <laughs> there's a lot of rinks here let's yeah. just say that there pretty much every neighborhood has a rink uh, 
which is wild to think yeah well that was one of the things is um to talk about the pod a little uh when they were doing their episode on soda and they were like yeah everyone could just go jump in a lake the nearest like actual lake like uh, so we have tempe town lake but that's not real because it's just the damn salt river um and also is kind of gross um but the the nearest like lake that a person would feasibly jump in is like six hours away and in the next state so yeah that's unfortunate and you know they are they were right in saying that like you can pretty much throw a stone in any direction and you'll hit a lake but uh not that's not necessarily the case here uh you have to drive at least probably 90 minutes to get to like a feasible lake that you'd want to jump in and even then it's probably like two and a half hours to get one where you like truly enjoy yourself yeah uh as well as to jump in a lake similar to what you'd see in the soda video where it's like you've got mountains around and like big pine trees and everything's green and uh that's unfortunate that you'd have to drive six hours i will say arizona has a lot of natural splendor but it's not the sort of natural splendor that one thinks of when you think of that. Well, like, and it's also so damn hot outside that it's tough to enjoy said splendor. Yes and no. Uh, it's one of those things where it's absolutely gorgeous, like eight months of the year, but it's the four months that it isn't is so brutal. Oh no. But like, I don't know, we go picnicking in December and it's great. Um, you I don't mean, have to shovel sunshine. We are, we so. are shoveling snow here. Yeah. Um, you'd never have to shovel sunshine, um, but there are only so many layers you can take off. So um, just peeling skin. Basically. Um, it's like one of the things that uh, didn't strike me as strange until I was visiting my mom in Portland um, is that a lot of places around here do bottled water drives instead of like canned food drives. um because like that's what our that's what we need um and that never struck me as as like a strange thing until uh my mom moved to the pacific northwest for a year and a half so starts trying to donate bottles of water and they're like we we really don't need these yeah because like you know it's uh when you're doing it to waive your fines or whatever at the library um we are fine free at our library thank you very much you can sign out a book and not have to pay late fee that said we will charge you for the book uh yeah so it's not great we just became that way Um, oh good it was one of those things that uh especially when people realize that library fines do not go back into the library budget um because like in theory we would be zero fine anyway because everyone would turn in their things on time so we can't run on like that assumption um like i think it actually goes into infrastructure in tempe or did um now we just charge you for the books but also um the other my the other part of uh my backstory is that i uh in high school i ran a uh a friends of the library group for teens so we were the teen friends of the tempe public library uh, we threw all sorts of like teen programming and stuff like that. Um, and then I worked at the Tempe Public Library as uh, first a page and then as like a librarian's assistant uh, for 
like eight years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I also ran the bookstore for our actual friends of the library group for about a year and a half in the same period. Well, aren't we a couple of dweebs? It's true. Big old dorks. In fact, I only went to media art school because I was like, eh, I gotta do something before I get my MLIS. And then I didn't get my MLIS. So. I was gonna say, do you think that's in the cards? Um, I keep playing with the idea of it, but also being in school is terrible. Um, yeah. So, you know. I mean, if uh, you're working at the school, you're probably like less inclined to want to go back. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things that like I have gotten into and started some classes in three different graduate programs, um, all of which have just been like, why? Um, Like I have half a degree in creative enterprise and cultural leadership, which is leadership for arts administration, basically. Um, I have three semesters in computer science and I have two semesters in uh interdisciplinary studies so um, I mean that is that is a wide knowledge base it is none of it adds up to anything (laughs) it adds up to working at the university yeah that's true that's great um but yeah because I because I work for the university um it's 25 bucks a semester um to take up to nine credits uh and so like if I was smart and dedicated I would actually you know finish something but I mean that uh speaking as someone that 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 like (laughs) went through university that that sounds like a really great deal but that said juggling schoolwork on top of like a normal nine to five or whatever just sounds like hell uh I worked like when I was doing those overnight shifts, for instance, I was also a full-time student. Yeah. Uh, and like, I would finish work at 8 a.m. and then make it to class for nine uh, without any time to like, dr- without any time to like sleep in my car or anything like that. Oh, that's miserable. It was yeah. miserable. Well, it, it's also one of those things that like, I've never been awesome at school in general. Like I wasn't in, in high school, whatever. But when I got into college, I did my associates in music business, which isn't like super academic. Um, And then I did my bachelor's in digital culture, which is an experimental digital media program, which again, was really like hands-on building things-y. And so now every time I've tried grad school and I have to like read stuff and I'm not just making stuff all the time, um, it's hard does this mean I could bring you my soldering projects just like yeah yeah, drive for like four days four straight days I mean if you want to yeah I mean that's good good I'm always I'm always expanding my like pool of people that are good at electronics and stuff like that because uh I've got a lot of like failing synthesizers that need TLC um yeah no I I used to have my soldering iron like right here and actually it might be in the tackle box um (laughs) Yeah, I'm the I'm the sort of person that ends up just having like several items sitting around that are just full of whatever the project was that week. Mm. So like I have a taco box full of small electronics parts and uh, downstairs, my center console is full of nothing but uh, like um, connecting cables and also knitting supplies like this is Mm. this is how I am as a person. So 
I mean, it sounds to me like you have a great future in uh, wearable technology. I've done a few wearables things, uh, though I, I stopped because I kept causing fires with conductive thread. Um, so, yes. Oh. <laughs> um, which isn't like a super problem, but is uh, disheartening when like you've been working on something for a long time and that catches fire. So... Um, yeah, I mean that that does not sound ideal. And, yeah, hashtag uh, media art problems. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, for a while, I used to be part of this laptop orchestra, which was the only thing that ever put out a tape. Um, where we are trying to do a lot of things with like uh, embodied motion, um, or like embodied sensing. And so mm-hmm. we we all had these like glove things that we built, and because some of us were better than others. Um, only half of them worked at like any given time. <laughs> so, but I mean, they, yeah. I bet they all looked cool on stage. Yeah. Actually, um, to be fair, I did see the the news coverage of the laptop <laughs> orchestra, and I yeah. loved it. I loved it so much. All the uh... yeah, I I love that they did no research uh, <laughs> in going. In. Like, why would you not vet us first? Um, but you know, uh, whatever. I mean, it's early in the morning. Yeah, it was also like two days after New Year's, and so um, yeah. what it's a was, late news period. Yeah, uh, but what was funny is that a lot of our friends were still visiting their family members, so like they were all staying at their mom's places or whatever, and so we got texts from several people that were like, "Why are you on TV at my mom's house?" Because <laughs> <laughs> their moms watch the morning news. So like, yeah, I don't know. Um, definitely one of the dumber things to happen, like dumb in a good way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, again, we, we throw all media coverage onto the website and onto the CV, whether or not it's positive. So <laughs> any, um, any coverage is CV fodder, right? Like, yes, I, uh, was featured on the morning news. Thanks. Thank you. Um, it's like I, I have a friend uh, who is a composer and academic who uh, recently realized that he can put all of his uh, appearances on his, he has a friend that does a podcast on the music of Star Wars that mm. he's been on a few times because he's a trained composer. But he's like, those count as CV lines. Like, yeah, dude. Um, hey, I mean, is this not a CV line for, for both of us right now? Right. Um, I hate hustle culture, but also, I <laughs> um, I, I do love the, like, I am just going to put every fucking thing on because what are they going to do? Actually listen to all of them? Never. Yeah. Um, but, uh, that said, thank you for being on my podcast today. I like all your shit. It's all real cool. Hey, thank and you I think so you're much, real cool in general. Oh, thank um, you. So uh, that said, are there things you would like to promote or whatever? Sure. So uh, there are three compilations that are presently live on my Bandcamp. The Bandcamp is 10d3r.bandcamp.com. That spells tender in uh, Anglo-speaking countries and probably is nonsense in other uh, (laughs) languages. Um, 
so there's yeah three compilations on Bandcamp, uh, 2010 to 2013, 2013, 2015, and 2016-2017. Uh, those are also available to listen to on Spotify and Apple Music, or at least two of them are. Um, as well, uh, keep your eye out on uh, YouTube. Uh, if you search up Nache Tracks with two X's, uh, you can listen to old compilations uh, that I have been putting up uh, for the last couple of weeks. I uh, and will continue to pull up, put up until I'm finished. Um, and they're all like playlisted so that you can like listen to them as, uh, as it is on Bandcamp without you getting forced out after three listens. Um, trying to think Excellent. of what else I need to plug. Uh, yeah, the other, la the last thing I'll plug is that I'm presently raising money for uh, my facial feminization surgery. Uh, facial feminization being an umbrella term for uh, plastic surgeries that are just kind of like, that act as trans affirming care for transgender individuals. Uh, hoping to get that done in the fall and we're presently raising uh, funds in order to do so. So if you would like to donate, uh, please, uh, I don't have the link anywhere. Go to it'll Instagram. Yeah. yeah, it'll be linked. Perfect. Yeah. Um, if not, it's definitely linked in the last one. So yes. um, because uh, the proceeds from the stars comp are going to that as well. I um, did. And I saw the first payment come through. Thank you so much, Althea. That yeah. like made me ball. Yeah. Uh, I think proceeds from the MCR comp are going to as well. So wow. here's what's up. It's just going to keep being it until we hit your fundraising goals. So <laughs> everyone um, here has been absurdly generous and uh, I really can't extend a, a, a deep enough thanks to everybody for, for contributing because it's well, it, we like each you, and every, so. each and every day that money comes in, I just like literally cry. Oh, well, like I hope positive, happy tears and not like, uh, no, it's all positive, happy okay, tears. Yeah. I, like I said, the mental health journey has allowed me to cry a lot more happy tears and do a lot more self-loathing, or so, sorry, a lot a less, less. self-loathing. Self well, um, I would hope yeah. not more. Um, no. If so, you should find a new therapist. Agreed. Um, no, thankfully. Uh, man, I have a lot of good people in my court, uh, thankfully, that are yeah. keeping me very, very sane. Excellent. Yeah, and quite frankly, we all like you. And uh, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, I would much rather that these comps go to like, cool people we know personally, uh, than uh, like, still probably great organizations. But like, there's something very, uh, something that feels very good when you're like, yeah, I paid uh, for my friend Bryce to get her eyelids done. Yeah. Like, that feels much better <laughs> than like, um, than like, you know, we're throwing money at bail projects, which are also very good. And they also are very, very like, good. yeah, especially because in Arizona or in Maricopa County, uh, people are held for as little as $25 here. Oh. Yeah. And that alone can be a huge, uh, debilitating factor for somebody like that oh, yeah. money may not be available so exactly. bail projects are always a great bail cause. projects are are very good and like i have no like compunction about that but also i don't know i don't know uh anyone that's presently in jail um but i do know uh a cool musician that uh would be uh good with uh ffs so 
Which every time I see that, I do immediately jump to the Franz Ferdinand and Sparks Project FFS. Oh, Um, of course. I forgot that they did a collab album together. Yeah. It's strange and good. Um, I did actually see Franz Ferdinand live back in the day. They did a co-headline with Death Cab for Cutie. Uh, nothing really to, nothing really exciting to explain about it other than the fact that, uh, Take Me Out kind of slaps. Yeah. Um, they opened for, I want to say Green Day at one point when I saw them. Um, they're, they're, again, you're just learning a bunch of things about Althea's teen years. Um, but there was a period in time in which my friends and I would just follow around our radio station. Um, and occasionally they would just give us tickets to things to leave. Um, uh, so I ended up seeing Green Day like four times in a, in like a four year period, just because like we win tickets from the radio. I mean, that's incredible. Uh, that, that, okay. Last thing I'll say before we, before we break is that the time that I saw Green Day was, uh, my chemical romance opening. So Um, it's all just coming around for a full circle. Yeah. I, I've never seen My Chemical Romance, and I'll be honest, uh, I always thought they were a little much. Um, That's fair. But I had lots of friends that really liked My Chemical Romance, and I like my friends, so. Hey. Honestly, the, the big reason that we're doing a My Chemical Romance comp is just because it felt thematic. Like, they're doing a themed month, we should do a themed month. Um, yeah. But someday we'll do the Chumba comp and then we'll oh my be God. 11. Yes, can we please do a Chumba Wumba comp? Yes, it is It is in... I want to give people a little bit of time to familiarize themselves with the discography uh, because it's going to be an anything but tub thumping uh, comp. So... I would say... Um, Maybe maybe exclude Amnesia from that too, because I seem to recall that also being a single from uh, that album. My brother it, definitely had that yeah. album. It is, but I want to keep it if only because I uh, want to talk about how it was on the Sabrina, the Teenage Witch soundtrack. Oh, was it? Yeah, which, you know, that that's ripe. <laughs> so, um, I mean, that's be... good content right there. Yeah, right. Um, the spoiler alert for when we eventually do that. Um, but yeah thank you so much for being on my show hey thank Um, you so much for having me althea it's really good to talk to you anytime